It is that time of the year, testing. Despite so many different teaching structures, face-to-face, virtual, hybrid, many districts and states have decided that the show must go on. This is not an episode to debate all the reasons why I think state testing is completely ridiculous right now, but since it's happening, I want to share some tips to prepare you and your students for it. Before we get into the show, I would like to invite you to follow this podcast. You will never miss a new episode when they drop on Mondays, and I would also love to hear your feedback. Leave a rating or review of the Literacy Dive podcast for others to see. Thank you, as always, for your support. I am loving this method of connecting with you, and I am ready to dive into testing and test prep strategies. You are listening to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. Learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. With a passion for literacy and supporting teachers, here's your host, Megan Polk from Miss P's Style. Welcome back to another episode of The Literacy Dive podcast. Although I am chatting about testing, These are going to be strategies that you can keep in your back pocket and use throughout the next school year to make this practice fun. I want to encourage you during this time especially to avoid what I want to call true test prep. Now, this is where you would basically no longer just sit and have students reading long passages and answer questions in one sitting. Instead, I want to encourage you to read these passages separate or together or a combination of the two. Then you're going to select only a few questions to answer. Students can take the remainder home for practice if they want more practice. This also solves the parent request for more practice. You can encourage students to finish the remainder of the questions at home, and if they want to bring them back for checking, It will be super quick for you to do so. Before we dive into the tips today, I also want to give another little reminder that can really help you and your students when it comes to testing. Do not plan something exciting directly after the test, or if you do plan something, do not tell your students about it. I have always found that students should be rewarded for putting forth that good effort on their test. But if they know that that reward is coming right after the test, then guess what? Your students are going to finish their testing in record time because what is on their mind is not doing well on that test. It is getting to that reward after the test. So on testing days, I recommend doing an activity from a typical school day. Maybe you just allow them to do it with a friend or do it with music or do it with fun markers. You can still make that activity fun. But if the kids are used to a routine, then they are going to treat the test a little bit more serious than if they know that they're going to get ice cream or extra recess or a movie after they finish testing. So make sure that your students are aware of what will happen after they finish That way, they can focus on taking their test and then merging into whatever routine will follow when everyone has completed it. 
Knowing what will come next is going to help your students to relax actually while they're taking their test because they're not going to be wondering about what the next steps are. You definitely want to take the time to pay close attention to the needs of your students. Find opportunities to fill in the gaps and to clear up any misconceptions. This will help your students not only gain confidence through extra explanation and understanding of skills that are unmastered, but it's going to increase your effectiveness with identifying whole group and small group targets. You also want to focus on emphasizing effort over getting a high test score. I always tell my students that these tests are in place to measure how much they have learned during the school year and that the most important thing for them to do is to do their best and to show what they know. When students ask what happens when they get a low test score, they're already in the emotions of trying to figure out What happens if I do bad? What happens if I get to a question I don't know? What happens if I fumble and I and I make a mistake? That brings on stress and pressure. So when my students would ask me what happens if they score low on a test, I will tell them that the school's gonna form a new plan for teaching them, for teaching them what they might have missed. So this way it is going to eliminate them feeling like if they get to a question they don't know. They're going to shut down. That is going to be stopped. It is simply about stressing the importance of that test without making students feel responsible for any outcome that may be attached to having a low test score. And teachers, hear me out. I'm saying this next thing because this is what I used to do when I first entered testing grades. Do not overuse test prep materials. And this is what I'm going to be sharing strategies to support is not overusing those materials. Taking standardized tests is such a boring experience. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It is not fun. Completing test preparation booklets tend to be boring as well. Teachers who overuse test prep materials probably do not realize that they are conditioning their students to shut down during the real test by overexposing them to the testing process. Test prep materials should be used to teach students what will happen on testing day. The material being tested should be taught in different ways to ensure that all of the learning styles present in each classroom are being accommodated. So I am going to go over seven ideas that you could use during testing season incorporate these strategies in, and also incorporate these strategies beyond. First, changing up those test packets and making this test practice fun. Do not have your students sitting for long periods of time doing packets to prep them for the test. I used to think that having them sit there would actually increase their stamina. And actually, Providing them the opportunities of thinking and strategy, elimination strategies, different ways to tackle the different questions they see is how their true stamina for the test is going to be practiced. So instead, you could do a series of activities like a cut and paste activity. 
This can be done in a couple of ways, and I'm going to break down two different ways that you could be able to do this. First, you could be able to remove the answer choices, and you're going to let your students answer the questions orally or by hand before they see the answer choices. This is going to help with true comprehension, and it takes away anxiety of having to choose from the different four answer choices on the page, which also because the test writers write them this way, are going to be really confusing. (laughs) I would literally cover the answer choices prior to copying the test passage and questions, and the kids would be able to jot down their own thinking based on what the text has stated or from drawing from their own conclusions or inferences, whatever that they could make from reading the question, they would jot down what comes to mind. After they did their thinking and jotting down their own thoughts and responses, then I would give students the same questions, but this time the answer choices are included. Students will use their thinking, what they wrote down or what they shared orally, along with the actual answer choices to eliminate and select the best one. Another way that you could do this is to implement questions around the room. It's kind of like in the lower grades where it's like write the room and they get to do a different experience, but I like to do questions around the room. You are going to let students read the passage together individually or in partners, and after, they are going to walk around the room to find and answer different questions. You are going to cut apart the actual questions from the passage and tape them all around the room. Students will be able to move around, which is great for any child to get up and move, and they can interact with the questions out of their seat. They need a clipboard or notebook for this, as well as a pencil. They can work out of order, and I encourage this on testing. Summary questions scare the heck out of my students. So sometimes I tell those particular students to save those big ticket item summary questions for the end. Answer what makes you feel confident and then spend the time that's needed to tackle those trickier questions. So with doing the questions around the room, it actually allows them to do these questions out of order and know that they can transfer that to test time. They do not have to stay on one question, get stuck, get frustrated, get confused, and have to answer that before moving on. You can skip that, find one where you feel confident, and then use your brain power to answer those questions that are a little bit more tricky. The next strategy that I want to share is defending your answer. Now, I like this strategy, and to do this, you will take the actual answer choices, and you are going to eliminate the two choices that are blatantly incorrect. With seeing two answer choices that could be right, you are going to have your students defend which is correct from the two that look best. Students are going to have to choose between four answers on a test, but oftentimes there are two that are what I consider to be, quote unquote, the last one standing. So those are the two that you are going to highlight and show them. And the strategy is going to be helping students to focus on the true elimination strategies when it comes down to selecting the best and final answer choice on that test when it comes down to two. 
Another strategy that you can be able to do with your students to get this test prep going, but that's going to get them up and moving is by doing four corners. Now, this is great for checking student work. You can keep note of which questions need to be discussed in depth or which questions your students really have a grasp of and you don't need to spend additional time on. How it works. In each corner of your room, you will place the proper testing answer choices. A slash F, B slash G, C slash H, and D slash J into each corner. You are going to show the question to the group. Maybe you display it on your smart board. Maybe you uh, bring attention to it if they have their own copy. But you are going to show the question to the group. Students are going to identify the answer that they believe is correct. Encourage them to take a couple of minutes to develop the proof needed to justify their answer choice. Once students have selected the answer they believe is correct, you will have them select the corner of the room with the corresponding answer choice. Once students have chosen their corners, you can open up the floor to having students justify their reasoning. Why did you choose A? Why did you choose C? And let the students share their thinking. This is a great way to deepen comprehension and to get your students moving around in a stress-free, non-threatening way. Okay, strategy five is using response cards. This helps students engage during small group and whole group instruction and easily allows you to scan the room for any misconceptions you may have to address later. My students have always enjoyed these response cards because they can truly engage with their questions in a tangible way. But really, these cards are helpful when you are wanting to take a three-second glance around the room and get that immediate feedback on mastery of that particular content standard. You will know when to pause and correct something in the moment as a whole group, and you will know which questions you can draw on those couple of students who got the answer correct to help you with explaining their reasoning to develop and strengthen them internalizing the content. And they're also sharing to the students and explaining how they got to the correct answer. So that is a really important skill that we need to have students do, which is explaining their content. And Simply taking the time to walk students through this information yourself. That also is something that you can do if you have to stop as a whole group to clear up a misconception. If the majority of your students get a question correct, then you can move on to the next question. You do not need to spend some of that precious classroom time going over something that the majority of your students know. If you have a few students, which we always do, who did not get the right answer when the majority did, you are going to simply jot down the names of those kiddos who need the extra support in a strategy group later on or the next day. In the show notes, I am going to leave a link to the response cards that have worked well with my students so you can be able to get an idea of how no matter what types of questions or practice you're wanting to do with your students, you can be able to get the whole group or small group involved. You can scan the room 
and you can be able to use these fun cards as a way for your students to show their knowledge and to also see where you need to do a little more practice and work with your students. The next strategy is allowing collaboration amongst peers. I think when it comes to testing, we think individual because that's how kids will take the test. They take the test alone by themselves. But honestly, collaboration is one of the best forms of practice when it comes to something as rigorous as a state test. Kids learn from each other, and when paired up nicely, this can be a pretty powerful duo. I love providing opportunities for kids to connect with one another, and their teamwork is strengthening their comprehension and understanding of the content skills no matter what subject you are prepping them to test for. This also provides students with a layer of support if you are busy pulling a strategy group. So using partners are actually more effective than letting students go off on their own every day for one hour doing seat work practice, allowing them to talk about it, to gain the experience, and to work alongside a peer will help them more than you will know. A final strategy for taking on this test prep in this season is to pull strategy groups. Reteaching or covering skills in smaller groups is so beneficial for our students. These groups are different than basic small groups. These are going to be groups based on skills and standards and which students need more support in those skills and standards. It is important to be strategic with these groups and only include the kids who need the practice. You're going to get a close glimpse of where they're missing the mark, and it's going to be a key piece in helping you to find ways to support them and help them to get on the road to mastering that content. Getting that real-time or daily feedback in terms of who is missing what, who does not understand this question, who completely missed this skill is how you're going to be able to form these groups and give them the proper practice. So it is important that you are providing them with these test opportunities for them to see a variety of questions, but you definitely have to look at the results. You have to look at the feedback based on what your students are providing you and do something with it. Take those names down, put them in a group, and get that strategic practice happening, and then watch your students grow. Now, once again, we are nearing the end of the school year, but so many of these strategies you can test out now in these weeks that are leading up to testing, and then you can start the year off by using these throughout next school year. It is important to decrease the stress that students are experiencing and the stress that you, as the classroom teacher, may be experiencing. Test prep is not my favorite time of year, but I do enjoy finding ways in which I can support students. I make it a goal to help them find success, and I strive to make the process of testing enjoyable, stress-free, and fun. I would love to know how you are planning to tackle test prep with your kiddos this season. And if you try any of these strategies that I've shared today, I would love to hear how your students respond to them. 
If you have any questions about a certain strategy, if you want a little bit more information or if you have a question about how to implement it with your unique structure and environment of kiddos, I would love to chat with you about that as well. So feel free to reach out to me over on Instagram and let me know how your students are doing or what questions you have. I am wishing you and your students the best test prep season. You got this. Thank you for listening to The Literacy Dive. If you would like to connect with Megan, you can find her on Instagram at Miss Peace Style. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes of The Literacy Dive. Until next time.